Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. We will get started today. Don't be another corporate social media horror story. We've got Melissa Thomas, who's head of compliance with Active Comply. And we've got Michael Dunn, who's general counsel for FBC Mortgage. Michael, Melissa, thank you guys so much for being here. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for doing having me. Excellent. Happy to be here too. You know, Mike really uh, set the stage for a spooky webinar. <laughs> Hard to beat that. I love it. I, I love that. Um, he said he couldn't find a witch's hat though, but but the the house is it is fantastic. Great so. A prop, Mike. Great A. Well, we're going to get started. Um, we're going to just kind of do a little conversational. I'm going to throw some questions uh, at both uh, Mike and Melissa, and uh, they're going to give you some incredible information back. So we're going to start with Mike because we're going to put him on the spot. So Mike, why did you feel that social media monitoring was important for um, FBC Mortgage? Um, well, for us, it was important because we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, we didn't know what was out there necessarily on the internet that loan officers um, and potentially even other staff members uh, had out there. Um, we didn't know if there was web pages, for example, that they had. We didn't know what they were doing on social media. We started to get um, an increase in questions from regulators and auditors um, regarding our social media compliance policies. Um, so when we were starting to get those questions more consistently in state audits and in our warehouse and investor audits, that's when we really started to, to realize, okay, this is a real thing. Regulators are on top of this. We need to be on top of this. Um, we need to have a monitoring program. And so that's where, that's where we fell. We also had a few of those horror stories that, <laughs> that you alluded to. These, these things tend to come up. You tend to get software as a compliance person, you tend to get software after you learn a valuable lesson about why you needed the software. So um, that's that's part of the reason why we we approached Active Comply. Excellent, thank you, um, Melissa. How about uh, you? What guidance is out there for lenders uh, like Mike regarding the use of social media? Sure. So um, you know, it, I think very often social media isn't thought about as mortgage advertising. Um, but in 2013, which feels like a, a lifetime ago, especially after the pandemic has gone on for so long, <laughs> um, you know, the FFIEC, which is made up of some familiar faces like the CFPB, the FDIC, uh, the Federal Reserve, and they issued guidance around social media policies for mortgage lenders. And really, the idea is that there should be a risk management process in place. So what that really means is lenders are responsible for measuring monitoring, and even controlling the risks related to social media and their brands. This policy is supposed to be commensurate with, you know, the size of your social media presence and the size of your business. And so, you know, that can be quite difficult if you have 300 LOs and each LO has two social media accounts and they post twice weekly. That's a lot for one person to monitor, um, let alone one department. So there are a lot of um, opportunities out there for automation of this. And then, you know, on top of, you know, the FFIEC, there's also, you know, state record retention requirements. So just as, you know, you would normally have your marketing department keep on file brochures and pamphlets related to advertising, 
so too should you be keeping, you know, advertisements on social media on file. So, you know, different states have two, three, four-year record retention guidelines that you have to keep in place. So it's important to have automation to keep that, um, you know, on file in case the regulator ever comes in and says, hey, show me, you know, from this state to this state, you know, the past two years. Um, and then on top of, you know, record retention and FFIEC, um, there's also guidance around just general advertising for mortgage lenders. So if, if you're a Virginia mortgage lender and your LO is advertising refinance, you know, information and product offerings, there's specific verbiage that needs to go in that post or in that associated image. So it can get kind of messy if you're not having an eye on it. That's on their business as well as their personal page if they're using that. So true. Page. Yeah. So true. And so that's why it's important to not only train, you know, your individual salespeople, but make sure that your marketing department feels prepared. Right. Great. Thank you. Um, well, and so, Michael, what what was your biggest concern or your biggest concerns um, about the social media that was being used in your office? With your staff? Um, well, I I try to think of um, compliance matters in terms of kind of big picture items versus, you know, kind of the smaller housekeeping type items. So things like putting our NMLS number on, on uh, making sure our NMLS numbers were on the web pages properly and the equal housing lender logo and any state verbiage. Those are important, but the bigger issues as far as I'm concerned in my seat uh, in the chair that I sit in are potential RESPA violations and the company's reputation and who's out there um, acting as a, as a loan originator that doesn't have a license potentially. So those are the issues a lot more than, you know, did I put my NMLS, did I put the right NMLS number on, this, on the Facebook page? Those are the bigger issues that I didn't feel like we had a good grasp on um, with just hiring an intern to monitor our Facebook page. You know what I mean? So we needed, we needed a more robust system to be to feel comfortable about um, what was going on out there with our loan officers and our other staff for that matter. Those interns, they always get get that stick, don't they? You know. Well, they know um, about the face page better than I. <laughs> face page. <laughs> simply put, um, to to that point, Mike, I, I think that you're right. You know, housekeeping items are important, and and they definitely need to be maintained. Um, you know, active comply. We've seen a variety of, you know, fraudulent accounts using, you know, uh, lender branding, as well as, you know, different websites where, you know, an LO has been sending consumers to their own application portal to make sure that they keep their leads no matter where they go. But, you know, that that GoDaddy website isn't licensed appropriately. IT didn't know about it. It's not secure. Um, so those are big picture items as well. Yeah. Um, Melissa, so the, when we're talking about issues, um, what are the biggest issues that lenders have on social media? You just mentioned a couple. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I maybe I went a little too quick. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that you know the the first thing that I think most people care about when they come and see us at Active Comply is those housekeeping items. It's, you know, is are my LOs representing us like they should be? Um, and so, you know, when it comes to individual social media profiles, that's really just an electronic business card. So are we hitting, you know, the basic checkboxes? Is the equal housing logo or verbiage displayed appropriately? 
a lot of LOs get away with this, um, you know, on their cover photo. And we always recommend that. That's a great place to put it. Um, you know, are the NMLS numbers listed? You know, not just, you know, the company, um, an individual LO, but some states require branches. So that's something to take into account. Um, you know, monitoring for those kind of stickier items that Mike mentioned, you know, are there any instances where there could be a potential kickback happening? You know, because regulators are constantly looking for that. Um, is your LO sharing the same builder post over and over and over again, or, you know, resharing the same realtor, um, you know, with no kind of context? And that can be big. And it, it's a shared advertisement, you know, and it, it benefits one party or the other. And so there can be some issues. Um, and so we get asked that question a lot about, you know, RESPA and the sharing of those items. And what we always say, and, and I think that LOs particularly love this, is, you know, you need to be a narcissist. You need to make this post about you and the product that you're offering, about, you know, you being the lender. So, you know, maybe you're sharing a particular realtor's post, and that's great. Just make sure that you're saying, hey, to my audience, I'm going to be at this open house on Saturday from two to four. Please stop in so we can talk about, you know, different loan products that might be a great fit for you. Um, so, you know, making sure that it, it's about what you're doing and not just about this particular realtor and also making sure that you're kind of diversifying that that sharing profile. So, you know, don't share the same people over and over again, because that can make a stronger argument for a RESPA violation. Um, and then finally, you know, we're we're in an election year. So, you know, there's quite the combination of, um, you know, here's how I feel about this uh, social justice movement. Um, but, you know, my my name on my profile also says ABC Mortgage, you know? So it's, it's conflicting when you have personal opinions that's kind of interacting with a company's branding. And it's important to make that wall of separation. And so what we always say at Active Comply is that, you know, it, it's great that you have that First Amendment right and, and we highly encourage it, but we do believe a degree of separation is important. So make a business profile separate from your personal. Yeah, that makes sense. Because those do get ugly sometimes. <laughs> um, there's inappropriate language. We, right. we recently uh, had one particular guy who was using his Twitter and he was very upset with Ticketmaster. And so there was all kinds of rosy language. And I, I do understand because I, I have been there, but it, it just wasn't appropriate for that particular account, I think. <laughs> yes, those people at Ticketmaster, they're, they're trouble. <laughs> um, Mike, can you uh, kind of give us an overview of the social media risk management process there at FBC? Sure. So, I mean, we have a uh, we have an overall um, risk assessment that we do every year on an annual basis, and um, part of that risk assessment is advertising uh, reviews, and and part of that is fair lending compliance state rule uh, compliance. Um, and so um, it's it's uh, buried in within our larger compliance management um, policy. We do have a separate standalone advertising and social media policy document that seemed to be um, probably about four or five years ago was when regulators and, and investors, warehouse banks really started to come asking us for those standalone policies. Um, so we do have that as a standalone policy. We have, we purchased the software and we have a program within the software now that monitors 
how we do corrective actions. So that's really important to for auditors and anybody who's coming in to evaluate our compliance management system to see mm-hmm. is not just that we're identifying violations or or have a process in place to to identify violations, but that um, we have a process in place to stop them before they happen. If they do happen, then one gets through the cracks. We have a corrective action. We document, well, what'd you do with that? Okay, this is what you did with this. This is how you cleared it. This took you three days. Good. That's what that's what we wanted to see was a clear kind of audit trail right. for, for the regulators. That is definitely to that point, sorry, Tony. Um, no, no, go to ahead. That, to that point, you know, it, it is so important to document the corrective action and say, you know, here's what happened. Here's how swift we were with that corrective action. Um, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, the documentation. So you can go to an LO and say, based on this policy, here's where you went wrong, or maybe you need a little bit of help, you know, so you can reference it when you reach out to the LO, because sometimes they're the only ones who can make the update. Um, and we also have, you know, at the end of this webinar, one of the things that all the attendees are going to get is a LO social media compliance cheat sheet. Um, so we've made it easy for LOs to say, here are some simple do's, some don'ts, tips and tricks. Um, but we feel that it's, you know, if you want to be social media compliant, it, it starts with your sales force. Absolutely. Well, we did have a question come in. Um, actually, it's kind of a two, two, maybe three questions. Um, so can Active Comply monitor image copy on the social media for compliance purposes? Image copy. So I'm, I'm going to take that to mean, you know, just any images, images yep. that mm-hmm. are associated with the post. And the answer is yes. So, uh, you know, we're, we're scanning social media posts as well as the images affiliated with those posts for uh, industry trigger words. And that includes superlatives like best or greatest, as well as, you know, uh, things like rate or APR, reverse. Um, so if it's, you know, in any kind of way, an advertisement towards a mortgage lending product, we're going to pull it in. We're also going to isolate where we found the word. Sometimes the program will say, we found rate. And I'm like, where? But and it's really small, tiny. Once I open up the image, oh, it's in the disclosure. So there, there's a lot of capability there. Excellent. And then the um, additional question is, um, do you monitor the personal pages of the LOs that are tied to mortgage lenders that they work for? Sure. That's a great question. So when it comes to personal pages, this is true for Facebook and Instagram. Instagram was recently um, purchased by Facebook. So they are twin sisters in this scenario. When it comes to personal pages, we do offer that functionality through an invitation link. So an LO has to enable access. I'm sure that many of you have seen Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress and how awkward that was. But because of that, Facebook has really tightened their privacy policy when it comes to individual pages. Um, This is true for all of the um, competitors in the industry. Anybody who offers this kind of product has to do a 60-day authorization. So the LO says, yep, I grant you access, but they have to do it every 60 days. It can be quite tedious. And I'm sure that many of the participants know that if it's not pay-related, it's, it's quite difficult to get an LO to agree. So it's, it's our best practice to say, you know, there's an easy way to transfer your whole network over to a business page. It's safer and it, it protects the company's branding. So that's what we would highly encourage. So, so every 60 days, they have to, to go in and say that, um, yes, you can view my Facebook page. Every 60 days, it can sometimes expire. Um, but again, it goes against the terms of service for Facebook and Instagram for you to advertise in this way. Right. And it means that if you have certain policies in place, you know, privacy policies on your individual page, 
you know, if, if we can't see it, a regulator can't see it when it comes to, are you licensed appropriately? Do you have that state verbiage? So it creates equal problems. Right. Wow. The that's more a, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and then how has it changed with the pandemic, you know, social media use? What, what, sure. what has 2020 brought to the social media realm? Oh, man, like my own individual feeds have just completely changed, I feel like. Um, so uh, from the data that we've seen from, you know, sources like Forbes or the Wall Street Journal, um, nationwide since January, there's been an average of about 27% increase in social media usage nationwide. Um, you know, and within the aggregate data that we've collected at Active Comply regarding the industry, you know, individual LOs as well as companies, we've seen that there's been a 39% increase in social media usage with individual postings increasing for all of those accounts. So we, we know that it's increased because we see that LOs are going where the consumer is going, you know, which is fair when you can't go meet up with a builder, you can't meet with a realtor, where are you gonna go? You're gonna go online. Um, but where you know LOs go, so too do regulators, right? So with that in mind, you know we we're keeping a close eye on on the activity increase. Um, we've seen a lot of banks and credit unions start to dive into the pool, start to get their toes wet. Um, we've also you know been monitoring the top 50 producers on the Scotsman Guide. So we're looking at the information and we're seeing that out of those top 50 producers from 2019. There was 88% of them that were utilizing social media for um, loan advertisements and self-promotion. So we know that you know top producers are going there. More and more um, people in the industry are going there, um, and so too are regulators with in-person on hold. So there's been an increase in activity generally. Um, we've also seen an increase for our individual clientele that we're monitoring increases in terms like forbearance, especially for those who handle their own servicing. And that can be quite tricky because um, you don't want to you don't want to say the wrong thing. Things are already kind of high strung in that area to begin with. And we've also seen a, a huge spike, and I, I don't think you would have anticipated this, but a big spike in things like win or sweepstakes. So LOs are doing all kinds of gift card promotion, grabber kind of stuff. Yeah, to to get consumers' eyes. But sweepstakes have their own rules state by state as well. So you know it's. They can't just throw that out there willy-nilly, and so we're monitoring for that. Well, and you've mentioned Facebook, and you've mentioned Instagram, because they're the twin sisters now. Um, but twin what sisters. other... <laughs> what, I, li I like that. <laughs> uh, and some people always see the evil twin sisters. I don't know. Um, Halloween. Right. <laughs> what other uh, social media uh, platforms do you guys um, monitor? We try to monitor everywhere that the mortgage industry is. So right now, currently, we're monitoring Facebook, Instagram. We're monitoring Twitter, which is where we see most of the rosy language, surprisingly. We're also looking at YouTube and the YouTube videos that get posted, um, Zillow, especially for reviews. And you wouldn't have anticipated it, but also Yelp. Yelp is where a lot of consumers are going to make reviews on mortgage companies. I had only ever used it for Chinese food, but you know, <laughs> we're branching out now. And we've had a couple of lenders say that, they, that they're interested in Pinterest. You know, that's not necessarily on our radar as of yet. Um, but, you know, the more that we hear about it, the more we're looking into making that integration into the system. We also have a beta testing for LinkedIn, and it's part of our managed services department as well. Excellent. Well, you're, you're, you're covering all the bases, I think. The, the, the so far, yeah. we're trying. 
mortgage, you know, mortgage loan officers aren't getting into TikTok. They're not, uh, you know, do it, doing the dances for their advertisements yet. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. We're, we're keeping our ear to the ground and we're, we're listening for, for what the lenders are looking for. And we're going to try and build solutions around that. Uh, oh, and someone was just asking, so um, how can you monitor TikTok? We cannot monitor TikTok or, it, you know, it's kind of other sister Snapchat. Um, currently, a lot of that content is instantaneous. It's not saved. Um, so it, it makes it quite difficult for the API to bring it in. Um, one benefit, though, is that, you know, likely the regulator can't save it. You know, it's not permanent like Facebook or Instagram where it's readily available. So that is one benefit for security. So um, it looks like we are now to the horror story part of our presentation. Mike, go fit in the house. Who, who would like to go first? Well, I, I, I got like two or three. <laughs> Let's hear them. Um, Okay, so the, one of the things that the state regulators started doing with us, a few of the states approached us in this way. Uh, all of the states would typically make an announcement or send you a letter saying you're under examination. Um, for the compliance folks on, on the call, they, they know how this works. Sometimes they do an intro call and they'll kind of walk through, okay, this is what we expect, here's our timeframes, et cetera. We had one state who we were going through the intro call and said, I'm getting ready to email you a document. And he emailed us a document and he had on the intro call, he had already done a full internet review of our company. Um, I'm not sure which company he used. I think he probably used one of the social media monitoring companies out there to, to maybe do it. Um, maybe he didn't, but there was a report. It was a pretty sophisticated looking report and it had all of our internet violations including, you know, any animal S numbers that were missing, any specific verbiage, state required verbiage that was on there, um, any fair lending questions that he had. All of it was in a report that he had already done before he even started his examination. And that's what we wow. went over on our initial call. Um, <laughs> and so what I, what I gathered from that was that regulators, and, and just talking to him kind of just uh, person to person, he, said, he basically described it as, well, if we go into a mortgage shop and we see that they are making a concerted effort to try to be as compliant as possible on their advertising on the internet, things that are readily available for us to find on the internet, then we know, okay, this guy's got a compliance department. They have their ducks in a row. They, they pay attention. But if there's a bunch of violations, then they know, okay, maybe these people don't have a good compliance. Maybe they do need a deeper dive. And so that's just a way that he uses to kind of gauge a company's involvement or engagement with compliance. It's a good indicator for him. That's what he told us. Hmm. It's not a good conversation starter for an auditor, though. No. <laughs> he, uh, he's an overachiever. He was ready before. But again, those, those were some of the, the, the smaller ticket items as far as I'm concerned. You know, maybe we didn't have an MLS number posted correctly or, or an equal housing lender logo. Those are easy fixes. Mm -hmm. um, another horror story that we experienced was um, a loan officer who on his own decided to take a fishing trip with all of his favorite realtors and posted it all over social media and thank you for the business keep sending me your business we're great business partners blah 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 here's this 
boat that I rented and all the booze that I bought for this party. And it was just a very, it was just a thank you for business trip. And um, those are the types of things that keep me up at night because if I find it, the dude without the face page, then a regulator is going to be able to find it. And it's, it's one of those bigger ticket items that, that really could have an impact on a company and, and on that individual's ability to make a living. So I don't know, those, Mike, those that sounds like things. a educational webinar to me, you know, just out on a it, boat, hanging out. He handed out some flyers on the boat. So. Oh, check. Yeah. Okay. But the, I mean, the, the issue is, you know, we probably all know these things happen and companies try to do their best to, to protect um, itself from it. But um, when you have your eyes on these different social media pages and, and these web pages, then you can really feel good about, about your monitoring program. So um, those are just two. I have like more. But. <laughs> and, and to that point, I think that, you know, it, it's important from a regulatory standpoint, you know, maybe he was a particular type of LO who, who thought this was a great idea. Um, but if, if it went unchecked, you know, maybe he would be the inspiration for some of the other sales staff. And then it, you know, it kind of could be somewhat of an outbreak. You know, he got away with it. He's been really successful. Uh, maybe I'll implement, you know, something like that. Maybe I'll take them go-karting or, or something. So good to nip it in the bud, I'm sure, as soon as you can. Well, and before we get to uh, Melissa's order story, because I know that she has maybe one or possibly two or 50 to share. Um, just want to do a reach out and see if there are any questions from the audience. Please uh, know that you can type those into the chat or the Q&A box and we will be uh, reading those. And um, also, uh, you all will um, receive a follow-up email from this uh, webinar and it will have uh, a copy of this discussion for you or instructions on how to access that. And um, that will be coming to you tomorrow. And uh, Melissa has uh, alluded to the cheat sheet that um, she will be um, also providing for all of the attendees. So, Melissa, um, you can share your cheat sheet or share your story and then share your cheat sheet. Sure. I'll lead with uh, some of the spooky content. There you go. Right to, the, to the cheat sheet. <laughs> so to, to set the stage, the scenario is, is that, you know, there is an individual LO and, you know, and he's been quite successful and he's partnered with a local in town credit repair agent. And I'm sure that all the participants right now are going ding, 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 credit repair. Ah, um, you know, so that's <laughs> quite the trigger word for, for compliance. Um, you know, but, you know, the LL probably had the best intentions at heart. He wanted to you know, do the best that he could for his clientele. Um, but what LOs don't know is that credit repair is its own industry altogether and that it's highly regulated. And that's important to remember you know, stand alone, just to keep it in mind. But what was happening is, you know, they were partnering together and they had individual YouTube channels where they would self-promote together and they would post videos saying, you know, here's the process, you know, you come to me for a loan um, and we're gonna go ahead and pull your credit for the loan. I'm gonna give Bob the credit report so he can walk you through you know, how, to, how to best get the best loan possible for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for anybody who's involved in the mortgage industry knows, you know, to pull a credit report, you have to have a specific reason. You need to stay within that reason, you know, and, and for this point, it's for the loan. It's not for credit repair. And the consumer likely didn't consent to that. So, you know, Bob was getting that credit report and making recommendations. 
And they posted that, you know, social media video on YouTube Sunday night. And, you know, I'm sure that you're thinking, oh, regulators going to find it. And that is important to regulators, you know, as well. But Monday morning, they didn't get a, you know, a email from a regulator. The lender got an email from the credit bureau itself where they had sent watchdogs out and the watchdogs looked for that exact kind of scenario. And so the credit bureau sent an email over saying, you know, here's a link to what we found. This is unacceptable. Make sure that it's taken down. Please speak to the LO so it doesn't happen again. If we do see it happen again, we're going to revoke your access to the credit bureau for 30 days. And I, I don't know a lender alive that can operate without, you know, credit access for 30 days. So, you know, with right. that in mind, that was incredibly scary. And so, you know, of course, they, they were able to speak to the LO and, and overcome the obstacle. And that was great. But it, it was quite scary for them in the interim, I'm sure. So that's that's one instance where, you know, we're thinking about regulators, but there are also other players in the arena to, to take into mind. A, a scenario that we've had at Active Comply that we hadn't anticipated, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, we had a lender who came on board. One of the things that they wanted is they wanted to make sure all of their individual LOs had company marketing branding on both the cover photo as well as the profile photo. And that's fair, you know, to have your branding represented. And they wanted to make sure that if an LO updated those photos, you know, they wanted to be notified so they could have them correct that. So we set up that kind of technology. We built it in. Um, we flipped on the switch. And not a week later, you know, the lender received an email, you know, saying so-and-so um, top producing LO has changed their cover photo. Well, lo and behold, the LO had changed it to a competitor's branding before he had put in his two weeks. <laughs> so that was quite the quite the sight to see. Um, so before he left, they were able to shut down his access, make sure none of those leads had any issues. It was a great way to avoid any kind of future lawsuits that might have to ensue and entanglements. So it it was one kind of scenario that we hadn't anticipated, you know. But it, it was great that we were able to provide that um, to the lender and to our clients. So you know, it's important to know that social media can be quite volatile in a variety of ways. So you, you should be looking out for, you know, not only regulatory issues, but, you know, things with your vendors, as well as individual salespeople. Right. Well, cart before the horse. Right. That was a good catch, though. That's surprising. We were great we were for active comply. Right. As well. Sure. For sure. So now I, I can share the cheat sheet with everybody. I'd be happy to do so. I want to make sure everybody can see my screen. Yes. Fantastic. So this is kind of a preview of, you know, what we give our clientele um, to disseminate to their loan officer staff. It should be a referenceable cheat sheet for them. It has really quick do's and don'ts. We include do's so that LOs don't feel so trapped because they're, they're, I'm sure they're tired of compliance wagging their finger no, but they would like to know what can I do? And so we've made that really easily accessible to the LO within this guide. It also means that there's uniformity, you know, between your sales staff, and your compliance team, everybody's on the same page. So with this in mind, one of the first things we talk about is profile compliance. So, you know, some of the housekeeping items we've talked about is, you know, make sure the NMLS IDs are listed, equal housing is appropriately listed, um, you know, uh, if there's a branch ID that's applicable, things of that nature, especially individual states information. So for example, California just recently updated, I think it was September 26th, don't 
quote me, but they updated, you know, their regulatory body there, which was really a, a mini CSPB. So that means that all of California's licensed MLOs needed to update, you know, their state verbiage on their profiles. So it's just one of the ways that, you know, you have to be on the cusp of, of social media when it comes to, um, you know, regulatory issues. But beyond, you know, regulations and kind of state by state, there's also company policies that you can put into place. So some of our lenders, I think most notably FBC, Mike, requires that um, privacy policies are displayed on every LO page. And that's a great best practice, especially for California LOs where privacy policies are huge for consumers. Um, I know that many lenders also require NMLS consumer access be included. Um, this is a requirement for Washington state LOs to have NMLS consumer access included. And so there's a lot of like niche things which comes with each state that are just best practice altogether. And so we've included those here in the cheat sheet. Next is, you know, kind of the meat and potatoes of so post-compliance. Um, these are the don'ts which are unacceptable practices. And I think that it's a best practice overall. Many of the lenders that we work with employ this, um, you know, don't be specific. Don't talk about individual mortgage products that are offered because the more specific that you get as an LO, the more disclosures that have to be affiliated with that. Um, so it's a best practice to you know, speak in broad brushstrokes as best you can while being safe. Um, and if you do have a specific product offering you know, that an LO is really pushing for, that's perfectly fine, but they should partner with their legal and compliance department and marketing departments to get those materials you know, right before they get posted. That way nobody has to take anything down later on. Some of the things that we see very often at Actus Comply is, you know, an LO will post, oh, you know, contact me for, you know, 3% on this, you know, particular loan product. Every percent that's being represented for the loan product has to be displayed as an APR. It's important verbiage that needs to be associated. Um, and I think it gets missed a lot because it's, it's not thought of as important, but that needs to be stressed. Um, and then, you know, just kind of maintain a professional page. You didn't think that it had to be said, but, you know, you would be surprised at, you know, some of the findings. Um, so, you know, maintain the professional page, which means, you know, don't be posting about drugs or alcohol, make sure that it's business appropriate attire, um, you know, things of that nature. Also, you know, keeping personal opinions um, about social justice movements um, or, or the election, that's important to keep out so that you're not alienating any specific group of consumer. We also include within the guide kind of a profile example. Here is my debut as a MLO. You're, you're the first to hear. Um, and it, it gives an overview of what, you know, a profile should look like. Now, when we have lenders come on board, you know, we'll, we'll start to talk to them about, you know, what is some of the, you know, policies that you have in place already. And we started to offer this guide to our existing clientele where it says, you know, how do you want us to modify this so that, you know, it, it competes with what you're saying um, and, you know, we're adding some supplemental coverage and you can distribute this. So, you know, maybe this particular guide would say, you know, FBC mortgage LLC and put the legitimate, you know, NMLS number of the, um, of the company. And so it makes it easy for us to disseminate it to LOs and especially for those older crowd who may not take advantage of social media or know it quite as fluently, you know, those more senior LOs, we help walk them through how to make those changes. That can be quite tedious. I'm sure there's a compliance person or two on here who spent maybe an hour with one LO trying to get something updated. Well, you got to delete your cookies, you know, something along those lines. <laughs> so we offer, you know, additional support, but, you know, this guide, it will be available to all of the uh, attendees afterwards.
That is, that is great information. Thank you so much, Melissa. And that is, uh, that's fantastic. It, it's just to have it there. So right at your fingertips, um, checklist, do's and don'ts. That is, uh, sure. that's, that's definitely worth the entrance fee for this webinar. So thank you for sharing that with, uh, with everyone. It's made our job easier, definitely, just to say, you know, here are some referenceable guides. Here's a, a quick step-by-step -step with screenshots. Say, here's what you do next. And we're, we're keeping up with those updates. You know, Instagram just had an update where they offer business accounts. And that can be quite tricky. They're telling you to link to a Facebook, how confusing things get missed. But, but we do our best to assist. Excellent. Well, I'm going to check and see. I don't see any other questions. Um, so uh, with that, I want to thank uh, Melissa. Thank you, Mike, um, for spending uh, this time with us and sharing your expertise with the TMC network. Uh, couldn't do this without you guys and the, the collaboration that we have with the lender members and the partners is truly uh, appreciated. So thank you. And uh, also thank you to the attendees. Uh, thank you so much for, for being on the call and, uh, you know, you're, you're getting the do's and don'ts. You're getting the, you're getting the checklist. So, so uh, definitely worth it. Um, there will be a follow-up email that comes tomorrow. So uh, please check that out. It'll have uh, information about how to access the video because this is being recorded and um just going to check. Thank you so much for all of the valuable info was the last uh, chat we got. So appreciate it. Have a great day. Have a great uh, tomorrow's Friday. So a uh, wonderful weekend and uh, very much appreciate you guys. So thanks so much. Yeah, glad to be a part of it. I hope everybody learned a little bit vicariously from, from some of these horror stories. Um, and I hope that it makes some actionable items for you, you know, maybe tomorrow or maybe you'll wait till Monday. <laughs> it sounds good. We'll very much appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks everybody. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.